great artists. My name is Matt Anderson. I am your mediocre host. Thank you so much for joining us today. We invite you to please subscribe or follow. And then the old familiar five-star rating and review on your platform is appreciated and helps us out a lot. What I want to do starting today is embark on a new series And that series we are calling People Who Made Things. Uh, We're going to look through the Bible. Uh, We're going to examine people who made things in Scripture, since that's kind of what we're all about uh, on the Madcast. Now, those things that are made could be God-honoring, but uh, sometimes not so much. And we're going to look at many people... In the Bible, who made or built things for one reason or another. And what I want to do in that is to look at what each of these creators did or did not do, um, and then lessons that we can derive from those people that hopefully helps our own creative process uh, as we want to do this thing as um, as God honoring as possible. And we're going to start we're going to start that journey with uh, Noah. Uh, biblically, you could say he probably is first. Um, God made everything in the garden, and then Adam uh, named those things. Uh, Noah really is uh, the first person who made something and arguably had the largest creative project in the world, uh, certainly up to that time. And maybe our familiarity with the story sort of swallows up the uh, the enormous nature of the task that Noah was undertaking. And what I want to do is to look at this man, why we remember him, and why what he did was so significant, um, and maybe some lessons that we can learn from his life as, uh, as people who want to make things ourselves. So let, let me start with uh, just a couple of things here. I think what made Noah so significant was, number one, he was aligned with God. Uh, He was aligned with God. So scripture tells us in Genesis 6, uh, the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Wow, that is, (laughs) you could do a whole podcast on that verse. Just hear that second part of the verse again, and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. (laughs) But other than that, um, and the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him to his heart. So the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land man and animals, and creeping things, and birds of the heavens, for I am sorry that I have made them. Wow, another powerful statement. But verse 8 says, Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. 
Noah was aligned with God. Now, I know, traditionally, (laughs) artists are not exactly known as being the people of the highest moral fiber in a society. Uh, Artists tend to be troublemakers. They tend to make very loose decisions in their uh, their private lives. But Noah clearly stood out here in this really chaotic time, basically by choosing to not go over the cliff of madness that had swept the hearts of the people around him. Um, as, as you could hear from the scripture, things were absolutely off the rails. Um, and something I'm finding more and more in 2023 is that these days, if you're looking to incur the wrath of society and people around you, you don't have to go on a street corner and start preaching. You don't have to stand in front of an abortion clinic. Um, just choosing not to participate in the craziness that others are indulging in is enough to get one singled out and, uh, and maybe even targeted. Um, we don't have to wag our fingers in anyone's face. If someone says, well, hey, how about this? And we're like, no, not my thing. What? You know, and suddenly it's on. Uh, but we just choose to not get on the madness train of sin. Uh, which, of course, leads to death. And yeah, God God sees that. God looks upon that and sees those who are determined to be set apart and to please Him in their, in their lives. Uh, but let me expand on that for a second, because, again, I don't want to get caught up in a legalistic thing. And especially since the cross, we don't We don't preach a legalistic, follow the rules, and God will love you more kind of a gospel. Because then we have to decide what the rules are, and then to decide who's following them and who isn't. Uh, We just simply believe in the work of Jesus. We rely and we depend on His grace every day. We recognize what messed up sinners we are without the intervention of the Lord, how we were headed rightfully for uh, a sinner's hell. But Jesus intervened and took the punishment that we deserved. We, We recognize our daily need for his grace. We make ourselves available to that. We do not freeze God out of our lives. And this puts us in a place of alignment. It doesn't mean we don't sin. It doesn't mean we don't have stuff that we have to work on. It just simply means We are very aware of our condition and the Lord's place in freeing us of that condition. And I think that allows the Holy Spirit to direct us then artistically. We really have to be aligned with God if we want to do this uh, his, His way, first and foremost. Okay, number two with Noah, not only was he aligned with God, but he was willing to do something first. Uh, I think this is incredibly important. And, and you know, it's hard to be the first at anything. I was never, uh, almost at, when it came to anything, I was never first. I was the second born. And I became the most cautious of the three of us sons growing up. 
And sometimes I would be the last to do something. And I would look and see what my brothers did wrong. (laughs) And I'd be like, okay, I'm not doing that. And even still, I would be, you know, I might be a little slow coming around to to something. Um, And that's because it's tough to be first because you you don't have, there's no standard by which to judge uh, what you're about to do or what what you're about to make artistically. Uh, There's no sample to draw from. There's no YouTube video necessarily that gives you a how-to. And to be honest, um, the truth is that trailblazers are rarely recognized for their contributions. Oftentimes, the people who do things first become sacrificial lambs. Uh, It's usually the folks that follow soon after the trailblazer who saw the ups and downs of their forerunner and they make the adjustments. Or the audience is more ready for what they're going to present. Back to Genesis 6. And God said to Noah, I have determined to make an end of all flesh, for the earth is filled with violence through them. Behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and out with pitch. This is how you are to make it. The length of the ark, 300 cubits, its breadth, 50 cubits, and its height, 30 cubits. And on and on it goes with uh, very specific directions that God gives him. You know, no one had seen a vessel like this before. Some would say no one had seen a vessel (laughs) before, any ship. Um, No doubt it's why the Lord specified the dimensions and the materials to be used. To translate into modern measurements now, the boat was 450 feet long. 75 feet wide, 45 feet high. And yeah, if you look it up, smaller than the Titanic. Um, But the Titanic took, oh, I don't know, about four or 5,000 more years to come along. This was well before even the pyramids. And of course, we are still mystified as to how Noah and his family were able to do what they did. Just to get these huge pieces of gopher wood lifted 40, 45 feet into the air. How in the world did they do that back then? And it's really massive when you think about the project that was given to him and the fact that he had nothing to go on to get it done. Maybe Noah didn't know enough to know it was hard. (laughs) Um, As artists, you know, we are all looking for our, our niche something that kind of puts our stamp on the type of art that we might be doing. But I have to tell you, I don't think that should be our focus. I, I, don't, I don't think we need to be like, wait, how can I do this differently than everyone else? I don't think that's a good way to approach things. I think we simply need to operate out of our own desire and our own giftedness and our own personality. Uh, In other words, as we're aligned with God and he tells us, go this direction, then we start painting, we start sculpting, we start photographing, whatever it is. And then as we do that and trust in him, the the individuality will come. That will happen. We will develop our own technique or, or our own spin on something. It'll just happen. 
Now, people are quite divided on uh, the artist uh, Jackson Pollock and his technique of drip painting that was uh, developed in the mid-20th century. And he most likely wasn't the first to do this, but he was among the first to use the method, certainly popularized it. Uh, And the more he did it, the more it was to his liking. And eventually, he only exclusively painted in that fashion. Now, his paintings, especially those, sell for millions. But then many, many people across the landscape would consider them a waste of money. It's tough to do things that leave other people scratching their head. I mean, can you imagine the head scratching going on in Noah's town? Are we willing to do that? As we sort of develop who we are artistically and individual things begin to rise to the surface that people will go, whoa, 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 what's this? Are we okay with that? Are we willing to be a little misunderstood in that? As we creatively move along in our life, we allow our own style to come forth. Are we, are we fine with what that produces? You know, in writing, author Jody Picoult, she developed a unique style in her novels where the storyteller shifts and is told from several points of view. Rather than being separated into like standard chapters, um, her novels are divided into sections depending upon who is telling which story at which point. Um, And she has become enormously successful in that style. She sold millions of books, but she is very unliked by critics and, and let's just say, old school uh, literary folks. The Lord has individual abilities given to you, and there is something unique that you are to bring to your art. And again, this may not be seismic in nature, but it will be individualistic. It will be yours. You may not sell much. You may not be embraced by the luminaries of our day, but be willing to do your unique thing in the art that God has called you to. Be willing to be first, even if it leads people scratching their heads. Maybe no one has ever seen it before, but if it's you, then it's the perfect product. If you enjoy the Matcast, we could always use your help. The one thing that keeps me from doing more episodes is time. Doing a podcast isn't usually a profitable venture, so I have to spend a lot of time doing side hustles in order to stay afloat. But you can help with that by going to my website, mattministry.com, mattministry.com, and click on the support button. There you can contribute financially uh, to what I do here and help me focus more and more on creative endeavors. 
Just go to mattministry.com support and give as you feel led. Your generosity is greatly appreciated. Let's get back into the life of Noah as a creator to find out what really set him apart. We've already talked about the fact that he was aligned with God and that he was willing to be first. Uh, Third, I think, with Noah is that he obeyed God completely. This kind of goes back to the alignment thing. Now, again, God was very specific on what he wanted done with this project. And Genesis 7, 5 says, And Noah did all that the Lord had commanded him. You know, as I get older, I can't think of a better tribute to anyone than this. Uh, And what a great thing to have as as an epitaph. She did everything the Lord commanded her. That's an amazing tribute. So let's bring it back to the 21st century and creativity. How do we, as artists, do all that the Lord commands us? Trust me, I would love for the Lord to say, Matt, you're going to write a book on this topic. It's going to have this many chapters and this many pages. Here are your chapter titles. Here are your characters. Here's the plot line, on and on. Yes, I would love for that to occur. However, if we believe what we should about the Lord... If we do believe his Holy Spirit resides within us, he actually does want to walk through the entire artistic process with us if we will invite him. And throughout, he will give us instruction, I believe. The Holy Spirit will instruct us on certain things to do or not to do. And that starts with the idea for the project. I mean, We submit it to the Lord and we get started. Sometimes it just isn't happening. Uh, This happens to all of us and can be rather discouraging. Now, again, I don't mean it becomes difficult. Every project becomes difficult. We always hit the wall creatively, especially if we are working on something on a larger scale or something that takes longer. No, what I mean here is that we don't seem to have a personal attachment to what we're doing. We get into it and really the the passion is gone. It may have begun with it or seemed that way, but then it's just the, the candle has gone out. And sometimes passion is the only thing we have in a project to get us across the finish line, especially when it gets difficult. And again, the spirit might be telling us no or not yet. But obedience to God may show as much in in what we don't make as much as what we do. The Lord might be trying to to tell us or steer, steer away or hold or go to something else. If it's Him, if we're aligned with Him, when it's time, the green light will return. Even if we if we have to put something on hiatus. 
inevitably some um, some of those ideas will hit the cutting room floor, to use a filmmaking term. Sometimes we need the courage to just stop or start over. Uh, for instance, when I wrote my Christmas novel, the manuscript sat on the proverbial shelf for over a year. I just needed one idea. The passion was there, but I, I just I hit a roadblock that I couldn't get through. And then in a conversation with my dear friend about the book, in three seconds, the idea came forth from him. And I instantly had the yes and amen that only the Spirit can bring. It was like the Spirit was saying, that's it. Go with it. Go with it. It was, it was sort of the Christian version of Eureka. And I was off to the races on the project again. And I don't know why that happens. Maybe it's our issue Um, maybe the Lord just wants us to wait and anticipate him, but it just does. It does. Some things the Lord gives us and we plow right through obstacles and all. But I think the most important thing uh, is to bring the Lord into the process daily. Have the Holy Spirit to be your, your sort of fact checker, your proofreader, your critic, Have him be your first cheerleader, too, by the way. He wants us as artists to have that yes and amen as we obey him. And I'm sure Noah needed that all along the way, in spite of the detailed instructions. And thankfully, for humanity's sake, otherwise there wouldn't be a humanity, Noah pushed through. Fourthly and lastly, he was willing to look foolish. I have to tell you, you you can't get around this as an artist. We don't know exactly how long it took for Noah to build the ark. Some have speculated it at least took decades. Uh, Some have speculated maybe 100 years. And really, I mean, by the size of it, good heavens. Um, Years ago, I went to South Dakota on a trip to uh, primarily to see Mount Rushmore. I had never been. But there were other things out there in the Black Hills that I wanted to see. And, and I think it was the next day, I went to another uh, mountain monument, not that far away. Uh, it's the Crazy Horse uh, Memorial. This actually will eventually be the world's largest mountain carving. And it is a tribute to the great Lakota uh, tribe leader. And when it's finished, the crazy horse carving will absolutely dwarf Mount Rushmore in size. It is gargantuan. But here's the thing. The the gentleman who started the project decades ago and his family, they refuse to take any government funds for the project. They, They rely on individual gifts and they will charge admission if you want to come and gift shop, that kind of stuff. All that is is used to to fund construction. Needless to say, it's a very slow process because it's mainly a family operation. Um, It was was started by uh, Korzak Zilkowski, who was involved in Mount Rushmore, and I think left rather disgruntled and decided to embark on this project. Uh, He died a long time ago. They had 10 kids, Uh, Five of them boys. Three of the boys are still involved. 
some have passed. Three of the grandchildren are also involved. And if you if you ever go and see it, they do have you know part of it finished, but they're a long way. I mean, a long way outside of some sort of miracle. I don't think it'll happen in my lifetime. And I'm sure many believe the project will never be done. Uh, there might even be those who think it's rather foolhardy to spend your life doing something like this. I mean, today it would take untold billions of dollars to, to get this thing done in any good length of time. And yeah, some may say the family is wasting their lives in this pursuit. I'm sure Noah could relate. Let's just be honest, can we? Noah was the village idiot for decades until it started raining. Can you imagine the out-of-towners, you know, would come in and be like, <laughs> and they'd they be like, what's that over there? And they're like, oh, my word, that's just, that's just this crazy guy in town. He's building this humongous boat. Apparently, there's going to be a giant flood. Go with me on this. And, you know, I'm sure he was just openly mocked for generations. Can you imagine? He had to be willing to look foolish to do what God had asked him to do. And we have to know artistically that the Lord may give us something to make that will be laughed at or dismissed or even opposed. Uh, these days, just doing something biblical can open the door to opposition. Are we willing to look foolish to the world, to the critics, and yeah, sometimes our own peers, in order to make something that is God-honoring and God-directed? Are we willing to look foolish for the sake of His glorification? What I want to do before we wrap up is I'd like to pray over you uh, a prayer of alignment. And maybe you don't feel very lined up with the Lord today. Well, here's what I want to remind you of in prayer is that your feelings don't determine your alignment. It is what has occurred in your life. And if, if you are a believer in Jesus, uh, you're more aligned than you realize. I think just the recognition of it and your belief in it is what changes the situation. So uh, if I may, let me just pray for you. Jesus, I thank you for all of my friends listening to this podcast today. And Many of them want to create. They want to make something that makes people say what a mighty God they serve. They're not looking for uh, personal fame or riches. They just want to know what they make blesses somebody. But maybe there are all kinds of things getting in the way and keeping them from embarking on what they should do or continuing. Maybe they feel their own limitations are holding them back or they feel like it's, it, it's just, it looks, the whole thing just looks foolish. I'll never finish it. And we almost psych ourselves out. Jesus, you're a friend. And you are 
our creative partner. And so right now, we bring you in to our creative endeavor. Lord, we want to be aligned with you. We believe in you. We love you. And we tell you that today. And Lord, remind us that we don't have to do 18 steps of whatever to be in your your good graces. Lord, you made that happen on the cross. We just recognize it today. Now, Lord, as we're aligned with you, we want to follow your direction. And, and maybe what we're doing is very weird and unique, and maybe it, it, it makes us look foolish, and we're not sure we can carry this thing out. We need your coaching, Lord, every day. Lord, show us if, if, if we're going the wrong direction. We do want to know that. Holy Spirit, coach us in that. Help us to pay attention to that. Help us to not be afraid that everything we do is, is done for the glory and purpose of Almighty God. I pray out of that alignment, you will lead my friends to make things that inspire them and bless others. Regardless of the results, Lord, you have a purpose for what we make. And so in advance, it's all for you. May we please you with what we do in Christ's name. Amen. Well, we appreciate you being a part of the MatCast. Share this with a friend, please. We would love to expand our MatCast family. For questions or comments, you can email me at mattcastworld at gmail.com. Our theme music is by Sound of Fusion. This has been a production of Monumental Ministries. If you'd like more information or to hear our archives, go to mattministry.com. Hey, thanks for having me over. I had a wonderful time.